Hello, everybody. It's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of my Language Facilitation Helpline podcast. The information in this show is designed to equip and empower parents to take action today. The strategies and advice provided here are general and not intended to replace personalized consultation. If you want individual coaching and advice, you should visit wavesofcommunication.com to learn how to work with me as a client. Most importantly, the strategies and advice provided here are general and not intended to replace personalized consultation. Hello, everybody. It's Marcy again from wavesofcommunication.com. We're talking today about the holidays and things that you can gift to your child that will provide you with experiences. And these experiences are certainly, um, first and foremost, to have fun and enjoy not just the holidays, but time afterwards. So these kinds of experiences are going to be things that maybe you want to even introduce before the holidays, starting right now with the Thanksgiving holidays we have coming up. So what I've got here for you is 10 different experiences that you're going to be able to use with your child, both during the holiday season and far beyond. This here is all about the gifting, something you can wrap up and give to your child to open on that special holiday day so that they you feel good that you're giving them a gift and it's going to be a gift that they thumbs up that they really enjoy. Okay. And as usual, I've got some, some things, some little visuals to help remind things. And we're going to get started with the first one, which is first one I want to talk about is a costume box, right? So here it is. Costume boxes offer endless pretend play experiences. We just finished Halloween and all of the costume boxes are on sale right now. They're in the clearance bin. They're in the back of the store waiting for people who didn't buy them or maybe they're even boxed up. Go and hit those sales where you can buy Halloween costumes, and it doesn't have to be scary. It can be any kind. Now let's move into number two. The number two idea I have is for gross motor experiences that actually include learning new skills. So parents might buy their kids a bike or, you know, bikes come with, you got to teach me how to ride it, right? And trampolines, this one, they're at actually a place Could be a therapy place, could be a tramp place where the mom is working with the little guy and they're actually learning how to expand these skills. So that's the big deal about when you give your child a gross motor experience that they can do a trampoline, a bike, a climbing wall, and these can be both in your home as you get a mini tramp or a tramp in your backyard, something like that. Or it can be a um, a subscription or a membership to one of these bounce places or the Y where there's a swimming pool or, you know, someplace like that where you can commit to not just experiences where you go let your kid run around because you can do that at the park. These are learning experiences. So if your child is super good at the playground, then maybe you need to look into one of those ninja gyms where they're actually climbing, you know, and advancing their skills where they're climbing over walls and swinging on the rings and all those things that kids do. These gross motor things, that's what kids 
especially late talkers, are super good at, right? So these and motor experiences are key and necessary and important for your child's brain development, no matter what you're learning. So gross motor experiences, the trampoline, the bike, the membership, where there will be learning involved. Because when you teach your child to ride their bike, you want to keep expanding those skills too. Teach them how to navigate in a map. Teach them how to ride, um, you know, make sure they're wearing their helmets and being safety in roads. Like if they're going to move outside of just your yard or out of your driveway, the safety for crossing roads, staying with other people. Those learning experiences are also important as part of the experience of responsibility to be doing these gross motor things. If you're going to jump on the trampoline, you have to do it safely, right? So the learning with the gross motor activities is very important, but Gross motor opportunities will be every single child, no matter if they're late talking, if they're typically developing, because we're talking about siblings. And most of the houses that I have have maybe a late talking child, but also other typically developing kids. And these kinds of gross motor experiences are good for all children and they need them. They need motor coordination, not just the motor experience of running around. So there has to be learning to go with it. All right, let's go into number three. The third holiday gift idea is to use a whiteboard or blackboard, uh, some kind of big space where kids can use fat markers or chalk or paint and, and they erase. They have all the erasing things. These are, um, again, it's a motor combined with an exploratory experience. So maybe your child's not interested in writing. Many, many kids who are late talking, they don't like writing and they have fine motor issues. They have sensory issues. Maybe they've been prompted or forced to do a lot of writing before in school or therapy and they don't like it very much. These big things. So some some parents um, use the chalkboard paint and paint a whole wall in the kid's room or a big board and make your own big chalkboard or whiteboard. Give your child these things for Christmas with zero expectation for doing things your way. These these gross motor writing experiences, they don't come with lesson plans. They come with exploration opportunity. So you're going to want to model and demonstrate for your child how to use the whole space, how to draw big letters and numbers instead of just little things. And so they'll be more potentially more interested in doing the exploring. And even if they scribble a little and erase a lot, scribbling and erase our wonderful motor, fine motor and gross motor developmental skills that kids need, especially little kids. If you've got a child who's younger than five, then you definitely want to have big writing or painting experiences that you can do with your kiddos because they need those practices before you stick a little pencil or crayon in their hand and expect them to do fine motor work, right? All of these things take developmental skill and a big writing experience is going to help you find those opportunities, okay? Let's move into, so we've got one, two, three. Number four is for interactive toys. So these kinds of toys are the toys that you can do a lot of things with. Make up a story that's going to relate to the things that your child is thinking about. And they're going to want to learn more about how to play with these interactive toys. This is a great strategy, even if your child isn't used to playing with toys. Get a toy that does a lot of stuff and that you can be creative with. Not a stuff, not, I'm not talking about toys that have a lot of buttons to push and each button does something different. They 
that's not using your creativity. Something like a vehicle or a dollhouse or something that you can manipulate and move around to do different things because trucks drive, they dump, they haul, all those verbs. It allows you a chance with one toy that's not too complicated to do some demonstration of not only how to play with those toys, but how to talk about the experiences as a representative story that's going to relate to something your child knows. You know, you talk about if your child likes to watch things on TV that have to do with vehicles, then you make your pretend play things about vehicles. Of course, all these choices of the toy you buy for your child has to relate to a theme that your child loves. But maybe your child isn't into vehicles at all and they love dinosaurs and nature or they love science and taking things apart and building things. That's the category of the toy that you want to choose for this strategy because your child's imagination is already sparked. They're already thinking about these potential scenarios that you're going to do as you play with them with these toys and model these experiences that you're pretending that you're making up with them. And that's how kids learn how to listen to normal language structures as you explain and you demonstrate and you model with no pressure to perform, not do it my way, but here is one way. And your child might reject your way. Don't be mad about that. Your job is just to offer different scenarios that your child can choose to say, yes, I want to play that one or no, thank you. I don't want to play that one because when your child relates to the things that you present, let's play this truck and child says, no, thank you. You have to use that as a learning experience about your child. Whoops, this broke down. I watched this strategy from Marcy and it didn't work for my family because not every strategy works for every family. You as a parent, language facilitator, understand the things your child loves and you choose these interactive toys along the themes that your child loves. If it isn't fun, it isn't fun, right? Functional fine motor toys. They offer the real life experiences that, that you want to teach your child the language to go with. So cooking, I mean, when you cook with your child with real food, that's even better. So cooking lessons, um, fixing the car together, and the toys that you give them could reflect those things that they like. So if your child's always in the garage watching you while you work on the car, get them a toolbox so they can join you in trying out those experiences from a toy perspective. Same with food in a kitchen or gardening tools if your child likes to garden, whatever area of this is sort of the contribution to your household that you're teaching your child. And these skills last forever because if your husband or you are working on the car every day, where did you learn how to do that first? You were probably around with some adult watching them work on cars or cook food. And this is what you want for your child for the holiday season because you want to give them some tools so that they can become a member of your household and help you do these jobs that provide skills. These are life skills, functional skills, stuff we got to do. Who's going to fix the pipe? Who's going to fix the car? Who's going to cook the food? Who's going to take care of the babies? Baby dolls are also real life experiences. So that falls into this category of teaching your child to do 
functional jobs and things that they will do when they get older and providing them with experiences now. These are wonderful holiday ideas because while your kids are home, especially this year for an extended period of time, potentially, you are, you should be involving them in the day-to-day operation of your household. Teachers do this at school. They give the kids job. One kid's the line leader. One kid, uh, you know, in the old days, we used to dust off the the, um, erasers for the chalkboard and one person was the door holder and one person passed out the napkins. You know what I mean? It's snack time. These kinds of little jobs you should be doing in your home. And Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever holiday you're celebrating this year, that's what you wrap up your kids' special tools so that they can become an active member of your household and do those jobs. So that's going to be a really nice experience for you to give your child for Christmas. All right, let's move into the next one. And this is about books, okay? I couldn't make a Christmas list without books because I love books and kids love books. But Books and and books help kids share their imagination experiences. So when kids are attracted to books, they look for pictures of things that they can relate to, things that they might have seen before, things that they saw on TV or they saw in your real life. First kids books, baby books, they always have basic everyday item kind of things in them because that's where your child's relation to the world is. What you need to think about when you're choosing books is you want to bridge the gap between the things that they are thinking about, that they learned before, that they saw from you, that they learned from grandma, that they want learned at daycare, that they're thinking about in their head, and give them a bridge to bring those ideas out into the 3D world in a picture so they can think about if you are looking at a picture with your child in a book and they're thinking about the thing on the page and you're thinking about the thing on the page, that's joint attention in the language facilitation zone. So you want to choose books to give to your child that will help you Tell them stories that are going to help relate what they're thinking in their head and what they see on the picture to the 3D world, to the real world, by telling your stories and relating those pictures to things in your real life, okay? It's functional reading, where you might read the story and your child enjoys reading the story, but the way I teach parents to use books for language facilitation is as a visual representation to bring these ideas out so that your child can hear you say the words you need to describe, talk about, label, and 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 critique even the things on the page. Wow, that's a beautiful rainbow. You don't think those things, you think that in your head when you see something beautiful in a feeling. Oh, wow, neat. It's like when you see fireworks. Ooh, ah, that's not real words. But when you see on the page, look at the beautiful fireworks. They are exploding in the sky and the lights are multi colored, right? All of that language helps bring the ooh, ah into the 3D world of this is how spoken language works. 
So that's why books are always a great holiday gift. But remember, the books you choose have to relate to things that your child wants to learn more about because then they're going to bring you these books to say, tell me the story again, mom. Tell me about the beautiful rainbow. Tell me about the beautiful fireworks. Because when you describe it like that using words, I love it more even than just looking at the picture. And that's what you want is to get your child to appreciate the language language that you're teaching them about these books and not labeling the pictures. And it's not really about the book. It's about the ideas that you're bringing out. Okay. That's the difference. And that's how you make a book with a bow on it into a holiday experience that your child will love, right? Because they're learning about the things that they are already thinking about. Okay, let's move into the next one, which takes this to the next level, and that is play sets, okay? It's the next level beyond books where you can give your child moving examples of the images they're thinking. So instead of seeing the frog sitting on a rock, you can take the frog and make it jump and jump and jump. And that makes more attention, more focus. It brings all of those things up to the forefront and talk about the actions that they make with an actual physical action that you're doing with your body. It will help you teach your child the functional words they need instead of just the labels to make the stories come alive. That's what play sets do. They spark our imagination. And so while you had the truck and it was dumping and pouring, now even in play sets, the characters relate to each other. So we've got social dumping and pouring. If you've got a whole bunch of cars together in a play set, right? You've got social finding food. If your animals in the forest, you've got sharing, you've got finding shelter from the rain, all of those problems that they solve, all the cool things that they do together, all the fun experiences that all the characters in the play set make. They all have identities. This is how you get your exploration out into the world. Play sets, okay? All right, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We are already on number eight, which is, cut it over here, to outdoor functional STEM experiences, okay? So I have been really enamored by these outdoor kitchens, these outdoor setups. So you can do it. Listen, you can get pallets and put them on a crate and make one yourself. You can take your, if your child's not playing with your kitchen set anymore and it's one of those sturdy plastic ones, take it outside, get a pile of sand, put it next to it and let them go. Get them a bucket of water and some pie pans and a pile of dirt. Literally, this kind of experience for your holiday gift giving, a lot of people think about that maybe winter time isn't a good time to do this, but guess what? Just like you can do it with mud and sand, you can do it with snow. So you can make a snow kitchen right out back where on some days it looks like a wet mud kitchen, but you get boots, you get gloves, you bundle your kids up and you let them out and play and get dirty and explore because they measure things, they weigh things, they work with pulleys, they do all different kinds of things when they're allowed to be out and exploring. So give your child experiences and materials. So wrap up 
you know, or cover it with a big tarp and then Christmas morning, let them go out and dig in the snow and make snow pies for you. You know what I mean? These are the things that your child's going to be able to use to dig in, practice, explore, and you have to let them have a lot of these experiences in life because if you keep them sheltered in your house and you do everything for them, they're never going to fail. They're never going to fall down. They're never going to get skin knees. They're never going to do all the things that kids need to do to learn where the boundaries boundaries are, how balance works, how gravity works, right? All of that stuff. So you want to give your kids real exploration materials and experiences so that they can get out and do all that on their own. All right. So let's see. Moving in, we're already up to number nine. And this is actually my favorite one where you are going to provide random non-toy objects with yes opportunities to experience and explore without restriction. This is a kid's dream, having an umbrella that you can use however you want, swing it around, play in the rain, get all wet, and nobody's telling you no. Nobody's telling you this isn't how you play with this umbrella. And you don't give them grandma's favorite umbrella. You give them an umbrella that you don't mind if it gets torn up. And you try to teach your child to to take care of it. But if it gets torn up, you don't get mad about it. This is a yes opportunity. So let's say your child is partial to some STEM activity or another. They like to spin things. Give them an umbrella that they can open and close. Give them, you know, string. Give them paper to rip if they like to rip papers. Give them big clothes if they love to wear big clothes. You want to give your child the tools in a present of everyday objects, the things that they need to have fun in their way unrestricted. As long as it's easy, happy, safe, and fun, it's a go. Yes, experiences teach your kids incredibly valuable lessons. No experiences where you give some child something and they can't play with it in their own way, it's going to make them less likely to receive gifts from you in the future. Because when they come with some kind of caveat, here is your beautiful gift, but you can't play with it the way you want. That's a bummer. That's no fun. Now we're on to number 10, the last experience that I have for you today. And this is one of my favorites. Actually, one of my clients right now is working with this family dance experiences. So dancing is wonderful for helping your child's brain learn faster. It, and plus, it helps you keep you fit while you're at home. But these dance experiences where they're watching a video together and they're responding and they're participating with the crowd and they're all doing the same thing together, these meet a lot of needs. They meet social needs for kids because here's these dads <laughs> dancing with her. It also helps the child's brain to process and learn because music and dancing helps build neural pathways. So does dopamine, which is fun. And one of the clients in my family, right, in my, in my family, I call it my family, but my waves of communication community, one of the families in my community right now, she has a 13-year-old girl, 13, maybe 14. She had a birthday this year. She is, um, her mom's doing a Tony Robbins challenge. And Tony Robbins has these dance time things going on these dance parties and her 13 year old actually used a whole sentence come get me for the dance part she's never used a sentence like that before but 
she wanted to come and dance with Tony Robbins with all the people because of obviously it's fun. Tony Robbins makes everybody have a good time. They makes he makes them all get up. He motivates them. Motivating, exciting group activities that involve physical movement, dancing, cheerleading, any of that kind of stuff are wonderful experiences to give your child for this Christmas. So sign up for a class. Sign up for a dance class, a Zumba class maybe, or a or um, belly dancing class or anything like that, hip hop, jazz, whatever you like, whatever kind of music your child loves. You could have traditional dance. You could have modern dance. It doesn't matter. But do some kind of a setup where there's some other teacher that's teaching you and your child so that you can show your child how it is to be a participant in a class of somebody teaching the group. And here's how to be your own person when you're in a group. Tony Robbins dance party is a perfect example. Everybody's jumping around the room doing their own thing, right? And this is what you want. You want your child to be empowered and you want them to have fun and you want them to enjoy the thing. But it can't just be a one-time deal. Make the commitment to sign up with your child so they do these dance things with you. And that way, the social aspect of it is there and you can talk about the experience afterward. Tell your child how great they did, how well they followed directions. And if they need more help to be able to, you know, get along, maybe they weren't following directions very well. Use your time with them to motivate them to practice in between sessions so that you can go back and improve skills and improve skills and improve skills. Because improving skills, like we talked about with the gross motor things, when you learn to ride your bike, when you learn to jump off the diving board, when you learn to swim, when you learn to do a whole dance and you get through it without making any mistakes, these experiences make you feel amazing and over the moon and super empowered. And they're, they cost zero money. Practically, most of these classes you can get on YouTube, right? Just find ones you like, find the ones that resonate to you and do them. Take the responsibility to be consistent with your kid and take this stuff beyond your holiday. And like I said at the beginning of this video, holiday time where kids are at home are starting right now. In New York, they shut the schools all completely. California, they shut the schools completely. Places are shutting down more. People are hunkering in for the holidays, staying home together. These experiences will save you. They'll save you. They'll help you get through the days. They'll help you keep your kiddos happy. They'll help you stay on top of teaching and learning so that it doesn't all go to the wayside just because kids don't have their telesessions or teachers or whatever. Because even during the holiday break, they're not going to have their telesessions. Everybody gets a break. And this is one of the times of the year that I'm always busy anyway, because parents are always looking for what do I do with my kids when they're home this year? We've had this experience ever since March. Parents have had to figure it out. If you haven't yet, this is a good time for you to watch the free class on my website, wavesofcommunication.com, and learn how I teach parents how to take on the responsibility and get this teaching done. Because you don't need teachers or schools, especially in the short term. You can get a lot of progress done, even over the holidays. And if you want to send your child back to school with more speech, language, learning, focus, all of that, then check out wavesofcommunication.com because 
This could be your winter to invest in coaching, to teach you how to get your child excelling during this time. It's not about falling backwards. It's not about missing things or can't see or whatever. Yeah, things are changed. But I, parents all over the world are doing it, everybody. Parents everywhere are teaching their kids how to talk now during the holidays with experiences just like I explained in this video. Language facilitation is easy. It's happy, it's safe, and it's super fun, especially for your kids. Because all of that pressure of ABA, making your kids sit in one place, repeat words for you, withholding things until they say the word, all that stuff, that goes out the window with language facilitation. We have fun every single day and the language comes faster. It's a win-win. And if you want to know more about it, just visit wavesofcommunication.com. Thanks for listening in today. Please share this podcast episode with anybody you think can benefit. And remember, there are tons of resources across my Waves of Communication platform to help you get started today on your language facilitation journey. There's more than 200 free videos on YouTube, a daily blog in my group on Facebook, my book, If It Isn't Fun, It Isn't Fun, Teach Your Child to Talk Faster Than Speech Therapy is available on Amazon and Audible, and my coaching programs. And all the details are on my website at wavesofcommunication.com. Of course, I'll be back next week with more information and strategies to help you continue on your language facilitation journey. Bye for now.